All right, let's do this thing. Um, All right, let's do this thing. Welcome back, everybody, to Podcast Evolution. This is, what, our eighth episode? This is episode eight. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my goodness. And the second Spike-centric one. Yes. It, well, I mean, the first one was an intro one, so this is now a a Spike-centered episode, but it's a, it's it's more character-driven than just like, hey, here's a guy. Yes. Um, I do find it ixum. Well, that first, there is no Pietro in this episode. I'm I'm very sorry to say that, but you know, maybe we should tell people who we are real quick. My name is Lisa. Hello, everybody out there. You might find me around the uh, interwebs as either Lisa or Nachtturn with the German Nacht. Uh, I'm around there. Pronouns? Oh, and as she, her. I'm Christopher. Pronouns are he and him. You'll find me around places as Crash Opossum. That's great. Yeah. There you go. Perfect. All right. If I sound tired, it's only because I'm tired. <laughs> it's been a long week, let me tell you. We got I mean, if you could see the video, you can see show. how sunburned I am. Yeah. No um, oh, yeah. I, I spent upwards of like six minutes in the sun. So oh, that's a lot. I'm that's completely sunburned now. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a ton. That's crazy. Um, let me go in with a recap, and then we'll we'll uh, start uh, starting with your big opinions on this cute. Adorable I don't have big opinions. They're just bad <laughs> opinions. Okay, let's do it. Adorable, like innocent episode, you know. Um, so basically what this episode, this episode starts out with, uh, we see Sabretooth. He is, you know, he's climbing a water tower for some reason. This was big in the 90s. We'll get into that in a second. We see him, he's around. Uh, then uh, Spike ends up with a video camera to make up for a bad paper he does. And he decides he's going to do a little film essay on his life around Bayville. Unfortunately, his filming does tip off Sabretooth to where Wolverine is hiding, which leads to some hijinks, which in the background, Kitty and Rogue are both fighting over a role they want in a play and also to get close to a boy in a play. And Evan happens to help them figure that out and also figure out how to fight Sabretooth. And in the end, they all kind of come together and defeat Sabretooth and figure out they're all friends in the end. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty good summary. Um, Cause yeah, again, kind of not a whole lot happens. So the A plot is Sabretooth finds out where they live. Yes. And the B plot is uh, Kitty and Rogue are in rivalry. Like, not even really about much of anything. Kind of about a part in a play and kind of about a boy, but more well, about just rivalry. Like well, they... so I wrote a note when I, when I got to that. I wrote a note about that. I wrote... Rogue has joined the X-Men and wasted no time in making enemies. Like she is just immediately making enemies with everybody around her. But she also shares a room with Kitty, as we know. Like for some reason she is, her and Kitty are the only two characters who share a room in the show. Yeah. You notice that. It is the most bizarre thing because they don't, they never explain why they're the only two characters who share a room in the show. And, and it's weird too, because I've seen like in fanfic, a lot of people like to put Kurt and Evan in a room together, but they, they don't share a room. They say clear, they don't. But for some reason, Kitty and Rogue have to share a room. I gotta say, if I was Xavier, the one person I would make sure had their own room was the one that could kill you with her touch. Because God forbid girl starts <laughs> sleepwalking, which happens eventually. So. Yeah, yeah I, I would also make sure that uh, Spike has his own room since yes. he randomly stabs his whole. He has his little issue with his. I called it his morning wood. I, I mean, yes, it's definitely a morning bone, but I'm. Yes. Well, I, I mean, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's um, it's an accident that a lot of their mutant powers kind of. Um, coincide well so like this is canon in the books you know mutants get their powers in adolescence right so a lot of the story of how they get their powers kind of coincides with puberty so a lot of those jokes come out that way I just said puberty really weird did you hear that puberty Sorry. yeah 
I mean, that's one of those words that you don't say out loud, so you say it weird. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and and there is that little bit of a back and forth in the books that either you just like as you go through puberty you get powers or you get powers out of a, a traumatic incident which usually coincides with puberty because puberty is generally a traumatic incident yeah everybody i mean then there's multiple man who just like was born and the doctor smacked him and there were five of them so it, right and kurt who well like, kurt's a different story because kurt was born with his sorry that was a chair sound i apologize uh kurt was born with his physical attributes but he didn't he wasn't able to teleport and have some of his other uh powers until he was in his adolescence so it's a little bit of a different thing when you talk about like your second third fourth generation mutants you know right. you have like other mutants like megan who was also born with her powers but then she also is like part fate we're yep. getting into it now we're getting yep. into it <laughs> um so apparently there's no good insults for evan um everybody calls him either spike or porcupine and that that's like those are the nicknames every single time i think it's adorable i think it's cute i go for it porcupine's cute what i mean what what else are you gonna call him like pincushion you know like yep um so getting into the like so we talked a little bit before this um and i called this the worst episode and yeah. you said oh i liked it yes and then in the introduction here you called it a nice little innocent episode and that is i think where we differ and why i don't like it and why you do okay um, is that you see this as innocent and I see this as like bad things that teenage boys do, including myself when I was a teenage boy. Oh, okay. No, no. I, that, see, I watched it very much through the lens of, okay, I, this is, this is awful. I hate that these words are coming out of my mouth. It's, there was definitely a boys will be boys kind of lens, I think, of watching it. Yeah. And I do have notes, of course, of, parts of the things that he was doing, you know, when he's like spying on Jean in the bathroom, you know, of course, but I, I have no, I have no way to, there's no defending this. I can't defend anything I'm saying. I, it was a cute episode. I mean, it, it dealt with things that today, of course it, it's, it was problematic then it's problematic now. I, I still found it to be an entertaining episode. Cute. It, it, it but it was problematic. I'll throw that out there. I apologize. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's fine. Um, and, and you know, the, the framing is fine for a kid's show um, that Spike gets to make a little movie um, to make up for not understanding an assignment. Um, I thought that was a really cute framing. I thought, like, just... It was a cute gag, you know, the Star Wars project, and he wrote a, he wrote his paper about Star Wars. That's a cute gag, you know. That's yeah. That's clever. That's super cute, and it really tracks with him being like a super hip kid. And like around that time, Star Wars was becoming very popular again because of right. the Phantom Menace and the re-release of, like, right before the Evo, they had just re-released all of the original Star Wars movies in the theaters. Because I remember right. being in high school going to see them again. And they were just coming out with the um, uh, the prequels, which, right. I mean, looking back, you know, it's a different story. But at the time, we were all really excited about it. So, right. uh, so it would make sense that he'd be really into it. Um, but I do have a note about this whole situation. You know, he's given this camera, and my note is this school's funding is ridiculous. Like they can afford to give him a camera, but they can't afford to go get those kids who are still stuck in that cave. <laughs> Yeah, um, and he's super excited about the DigiCam. Um, yes. So, like, it's it's super high-tech for the year 2001. Um, the, it's, a, it's not only a video camera, but it's a digital video camera. It's a digital video camera, and it has a powerful zoom that can get all the way across town, which was ridiculous. No, I'm sorry. There's, there's never been a camera that could do that, that anyone could own in the year 2001. It's just not possible. But this, I will say, go ahead. This is the first time that we get any sort of geography for Bayville. Yes. Um, and, and specifically, it's in that shot where mm -hmm. Spike comments that he can see the Institute from school. Um, 
which means that you could anyway, just not closely. Yeah, you might have um, to squint a bit, but you you could see it. Yeah, which means that Bayville is is very small, and and this is also the first episode where, other than the institute, you really get a sense for how small Bayville is and how um, disconnected it is from the the New York region, because like you you get to see that oh yeah this is not only small but it's pretty rural yeah so which which actually tracks quite well with the area it's supposed to represent right um yeah so i'm gonna throw this out there i i i posted a tweet uh like last week or the week before um that got like no traction which is fine because it was about the college i went to that no one cares about but the college i went to actually retweeted me which i was like i've PCU. been you <laughs> i was like i've been seen yeah i went to i went to suny purchase and i tweeted about it because suny purchase i decided is the xavier institute because it was a school full of misfits and weirdos that uh was in the middle of westchester county amongst all the rich people that were around us which is basically exactly what the xavier institute was um, so yeah, I was, I went to school basically right there in the middle of all that. So I can say that with certainty, that's basically very much what it was like, you know, a very small little kind of town in the middle of nowhere, uh, is, would be what I would imagine Bayville to be for sure. And for the people not in the know, um, Sumi Purchase is the basis for some of the stuff in Revenge of the Nerds and for the entire movie PCU. That is correct. That is correct. <laughs> so it's 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 got a long history of being <laughs> yeah, place. If you ever if you ever wondered what SUNY Purchase is like, it's an awesome school. Let me tell you, we uh we go we have we used to have drag festivals every semester. Um, for anyone who's a RuPaul's Drag Race fan, I went to college with Thorgy. He she's amazing. So, but that's all besides the point. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, Evan's assignment is apparently film stuff, whatever's important to you, which on the one hand, so I'm, I'm getting all teacherly here on the one hand is like a really cool assignment. Um, especially to like, let him make up some points and be like, okay, so you don't really care about current events. Tell me what your current events are. That, that makes some, some teacherly mm -hmm. sense. On the other hand, like Evan is 15. And, and there's no way yeah. that anything good is going to come of this. Um, and in fact, th this goes back to the, like, I, I kind of riled against this episode throughout the entire thing. The very first thing he does is start secretly filming girls in the hallway. Yeah, I, again, I mean, I, I got nothing to say, you know, I, I you're right. Yeah, a and... Like repeatedly, he does this where he's he's secretly filming anyone, but specifically he's secretly filming the girls, and including Jean in the bathroom, which like that's so over the line. See, see, that was the one that I picked up on. I, I want to say that I. I it's such a it's such a classic trope the idea of like the little miss like the little dennis the menace you know like is gonna go to the the girls locker room and like like look through the hole and like take a picture it's just such a trope that i don't know it just like when it got to the gene part for me that's when i was like oh this is really creepy but the rest yeah. of it just didn't register as much for me that's yeah so in that initial he's filming rogan kitty in the hallway um, which, you know, story-wise, that's just setting up the B-plot, which is mm -hmm. that they have a rivalry, um, and they'll be friends in the end. Yeah, Rogue um, just making enemies, like, as soon as she can get them. Yeah. Um, that's why that's there, but also he's, you know, secretly filming them. Um, they notice, and Rogue immediately threatens him and tells him not to do that. Um, now she... She like straight up threatens him and, call, and tells him that he's she's going to make him spike less, which what? Uh, but <laughs> he can grow more. My note says that's a weird way to say don't video us. It's creepy. Yeah. And and later he films Jean in the bathroom, and then later still they just kind of Kitty and, and Rogue just kind of go with him when he's like I'm gonna videotape you. Um. 
and yeah it the 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 lack of objection kind of rubbed me the wrong way um on the other hand like teenage boy with a video camera uh, and this is part of the reason why it's it it irks me or rubs me the wrong way is and and why i think it's ixum <laughs> sorry that's a that's a, a quote from rogue <laughs> after she <laughs> touches kitty she says, oh, I feel excellent. <laughs> and that was like pretty ixum. Am I talking like her? I remember, um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it's a great word and I'm going to continue using ixum. But the reason why I find this episode ixum is that like, that's a little bit too true. The, the, the weird creepiness is just a little bit too true for me. You know, it's so funny that you say that because as you were describing it and talking about it, um, it brought back it brought back memories for me because when I was in high school, I was part of like the video club and I took all the video classes and that was really yeah, that was common. Like guys running around high like guys running around the school with video cameras was pretty common. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. and it, it, yeah, it just was something that happened all the time. They were just running around, they'd videotape whatever whatever was going on. So, yeah. Yep. Um, let's see. I want to talk about some of the lighthearted stuff, though, because I do want to talk about um, Toad, who's just amazing, as always. Toad's got it all, yo. Toad is... Can I just say, I, I love these moments that they remind us that these are children on top of, like, being... Um, like X-Men and Brotherhood. And like, this is a great moment where it's like, they're supposed to be enemies, but really in this moment, Toad's like, oh my God, there's this guy I know and he's on his skateboard and he's got a video camera. Dude, check me out. You know what I mean? Check me out. <laughs> uh, uh, style, charisma, Toad's got it all, yo. <laughs> so start shooting already. And, and this is like right on that cusp of where Jackass was starting, where it's like, guys, like, I'm gonna just do a flip off of this and blah, blah, blah. And by the way, did you see the trailer for the new Jackass? Because it made me cry. <laughs> no, um, no, because I didn't like Jackass in the first place because I, I have a like sympathy reflex where I'm just oh, like, okay. oh, that was a bad <laughs> idea. And oh, that had to hurt. And now Johnny Knoxville is like 50 and yeah. I, like he has completely destroyed himself repeatedly to the point where like he had addiction problems just because like otherwise he was in serious pain and so like the, the just the fact that there's another one is like oh okay that's a bad idea the whole point of the, the new one is that he's like turning 50 and they're gonna like do a whole bunch of jackass stuff but i, I gotta tell you like I, I literally cried watching the the trailer because it just was it was just like I didn't even watch Jackass much when I was younger. It was just, but it just brought back all this nostalgia. Let's cut out all this Jackass stuff, but <laughs> I, I'm gonna leave it in. Um, but yes, <laughs> okay, fine. Um, so, so Toad immediately is, which Toad is a cool wild card in this show, um, where he just wants to be liked and nobody likes him. Which, on the one hand, is because he stinks, um, but on the other hand, like, like here, genuinely, he's kind of reaching out to Evan, and Evan's just like no <laughs> yeah toad toad is like the foil he's just he's just like always kind of like the he's the butt of every joke you know he's just the guy who's always there to get like punched on and um i mean let me let we're gonna get into it with toad we're gonna get into it with toad uh, with consent because when wanda shows up oh it, it gets tough with toad yep. but you know we'll get there but right now we've got fun happy you know, let's have some fun, Toad. And I loved it. And I, I just I just was like, you know, Toad, you made me so happy in this moment to see you having a great time. I just, I loved it. Uh, back to the consent conversation that yes. we've been having for eight freaking episodes now. Yes. Um, Let me so, tell you, Christopher, these were filmed 20 years ago. It's not going to change. I, I, I realize <laughs> we're probably going to bring, bring up consent every week just because like teenagers and also like, fairly realistic teenagers which yeah um it, it's it's that's the problem i guess um that's the reason why consent is needed in throughout all of this mm -hmm. but the big thing here so like 
all the all the creepy camera stuff um and then when they do consent to being filmed um they don't consent to being baked which is spike's plan um he are decides you sure they do, are you sure they don't consent to being bait because i was under the yes. impression that they were all in on the plan together at the end of it when rogue zaps saber tooth no because in the moment that spike gets them to go out with him to to film his weird dancing video um it he's the only one that knows that they're not supposed to leave um and and immediately after being told like because uh, he's he's spying on xavier and and wolverine um he's the only one that knows that Sabretooth is going to be looking for for one of them in order to get Wolverine out after him. Mm -hmm. So immediately he he forms the plan to be bait, but then he takes Kitty and Rogue with him. Um, and no, they don't know that they are bait. Ladies, maybe we can all help each other out here. What, what do you want? want? Look, you two think you can stop arguing long enough to help me do something important? Like what? I'll explain on the way. But just to warn you first, uh, we might have to do a bit of improvising. Um, until Sabretooth shows up. At which point, yeah, they both, like, no, we're going to fight this guy. Because they fought, each fought him earlier in the episode. Mm -hmm. Which I do think, and it's actually a, a shot from the intro role of them all coming out of the Institute in uniform to fight him. And I thought that that was a good moment that like everybody is just immediately like, well, the bad guy, let's go get yeah, like big monster, um, <laughs> basically. And and then Storm lectures Wolverine a little bit. Um, Wolverine is very ineffectual in that moment um, because he's got the worst powers for what they're doing, I guess. Um, especially because it's a kid's show and he can't just stab Sabretooth yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah I, it really rubbed me the wrong way that Spike doesn't go hey we're going to go out into the woods and we're going to get Sabretooth out after us he doesn't do that instead he just like hey help me with my film and they're like okay fair I don't I'm not 100% sure it wasn't clear but you make it you do make a very fair point you, you do okay let point. us know in the comments or in the yeah let us know what you thread. think guys let us know who's right who's wrong oh by the way i wanted to make a shout out because we have like in a huge fan is mona lisa from schenectady she is like a huge huge fan she loves us and we love her too thank you so much for listening if you guys love us let us know because we want we want to love you too hi mona lisa in a very platonic way thank you um i want to rewind just a bit I want to talk. Oh yeah, about... we're jumping all around. Yeah, I know we're we're all over the place. I want to talk a little bit about um, the dancing scene because there are a couple things that have been memed over the years with Evo, and some one of the things that has become kind of like a meme in Evo in the fandom is um, certain scenes that have been caught by the fans that the Evo animators have rotoscoped. And the dancing scene is uh, was caught uh, to have been rotoscoped from a uh, scene from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Now, for those of you in the audience who are not familiar with the term rotoscoping, rotoscoping is a animation uh, technique where they will basically trace over uh, live action film and uh, use that as like a guide for animation. It's not like cheating. It's not stealing. It's a legitimate animation yeah, and, and art it's form. been there since the beginning of animation. yeah they've been doing it for forever uh disney is notorious for rotoscoping like you can find so many videos about um oh please don't like by the way don't sue okay like <laughs> <laughs> pray, pray to the gods of scarlett johansson please do not sue me um let's uh but uh what's it called no Di but disney was notorious especially in the early days because i mean it, it, animation especially in the early days was so expensive to do that if you look at like movies like Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, um, a lot of the dancing scenes, you can just put them up to each other and it's the same yeah. moves, the same thing over and over again. Again though, it's 
it's how they create the artwork for us to enjoy and this is how we enjoy it there's nothing wrong with it so you know love it live it but i do want to also point out one other thing so before we started i asked christopher i was like well how did you watch evo today how did you watch this episode did you watch it on disney plus and he did because i had bought the dvds which were create which were made back in the early 2000s when the show came out I watched the episode both on the DVD and I watched it on YouTube. And when I watched it on the DVD, they played this music that was like very like Buffy the Vampire style-esque. But on YouTube, it was this really cheesy like vampire song. What did they play on Disney? Um, I, I really don't remember. Um, but yes, there is a cheesy vampire song in the... Um... It was like, ooh, shaking end. vampire's touch. Like, ooh, shaking vampire's touch. Yep. It was... Ooh, shaking. Got the vampire's touch. Looking good. Looking good. Ooh, shaking. Got the vampire's touch. It was, whatever it is, let's put it right here, because... It was so cheesy. And I remember I remember when I was watching it on the, the DVD, I was like, this, it sounds like Buffy and it's rotoscope from Buffy. This is like very, it, it makes sense for the time. This is really cool. And then I watched it on YouTube to watch it again. And I was like, what is this ooh vampire's touch? This is awful. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, so we haven't covered this, but the, the play is Dracula, the rock musical. Yes. Um, and that's what they're dancing for. That's what they're bickering about. That's what they're trying out for. That's what, ooh, Jason is the lead for. Yeah, I like to think Meatloaf did the music for that. Uh, I immediately thought of um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall and his 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 puppet Dracula rock opera. I have not seen that movie, so I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a pretty good movie, especially considering the like apatowness of it, which I'll have to check it apatowness out. Apatowness does not hold up. It it just doesn't. Um, but it's also bit like apatowness is very in the vein of our conversations about Yes, yes. Her, like, yes. Boys will be boys is a bad thing. Kind of, yeah. Anyway. Um there's also a lot of um and I I've got notes all over this. Um at least in the Disney Plus, since we're talking about the music, um, there's weird porno stuff that just keeps happening. So <laughs> at the very beginning, when when the when the teacher is, and this is almost definitely just me way reading into things, um, at the very beginning, when uh, Spike will do anything for extra credit, um, the the teacher. Mr. Vandermeer, Mr. V, um, is like, oh, well, there's one thing you can do. And then he unlocks a, a, a drawer in his desk and pulls out a video camera. And during all of this, there's this weird chintzy, like, porno jazz happening underneath it. Um, and then he hands him the video camera and basically says, go film whatever you want. Hey, look, man, is there anything I can do to make this up? Extra credit? Anything? Hmm. Perhaps there is something. Whoa, a digicam! How cool is that? Um, and that's the end of the porno in that moment. But then later, there's this weird... With the same music, there's this weird zoom in on Sabretooth's mouth, and he licks his teeth. And... Yeah, um, and and then couple that with the fact that, like, he's filming Gene in the bathroom. Okay, yeah. so, so all right, um, welcome to podcast evolution, which has now become uh, sex evolution. therapy for Christopher. <laughs> like, um, I have I have a question though. So, does that saber tooth licking his mouth have anything to do with the line "Get me away from here, get me alone"? Because I wrote that line down and then wrote the slash fix abound after that. 
but I can't remember the context. I don't remember that at all, <laughs> so I'm sorry. Okay, well, clearly, I mean, there had to be something, because I caught on to something, but I'm like, I can't remember that. Oh, can I just mention that Xavier has flying saw blades on his property, but can't put up a fence. Yeah, yeah. Like, and also, the flying saw blades come at Wolverine and Cyclops, but not at Sabretooth. No. And, and like, Oh, it's just and, and yeah, it's just Charles. You need you need better security. You need to make sure that you know your children can't ride a skateboard through your flying saw blades. Like it's just maybe that should be something that shouldn't happen anymore. Um, let's though, let's move right now to when Rogue zaps Sabretooth because this is something that they brought up in the behind the scenes of yep. uh, as something that came. So this is funny because. When Rogue zaps Sabretooth, she actually takes on his physical characteristics, but in a really odd way, because not even, like, he doesn't have fur all over his body, but she, like, grows fur all over her, mm -hmm. which is like, you know, a, a million furries were born on that day, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but, so in the behind the scenes, they were saying that they got a lot of backlash for that because a lot of fans said that's not how her powers work. Her powers only take memories and like their their powers but not actually their particular their physical attributes well my friends that is not a hundred percent true because so i won't talk about what's happened since the show has come out because since the show has come out we've seen it's it's you know chris claremont wrote that whole x-men forever thing but before the show came out, there was that what if where she sucked up Nightcrawler, what up, what, what a, uh, Michael Darkholm, and like she had his stuff. So, okay, yeah, um, yeah. Sometimes she does take on the the physical attributes. Um, I, that was now the we worst did explanation I've ever had. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Um, I understood, and I hope our <laughs> audience understood. Um, there, there is that little bit of like why did it happen this time when it didn't happen when she touched nightcrawler in the earlier episode uh, but yes there is in the comics history of her taking on physical attributes she also in the very previous episode took on mystique's uh ability to shape change um which you could make an argument is taking on physical attributes that are powers related which is what she did like maybe it's that when she took Nightcrawler's powers, his powers aren't looking weird. They're just yes. they're teleporting. Where Sabretooth's powers kind of are like physical powers, where he's got claws and he's all hairy and I was I was gonna say the exact same thing. Like Nightcrawler's physical his his looks are inherited. <laughs> As of now, until it is eventually retconned his father is Azazel and his mother is Mystique. And so his looks are inherited from his parents, but his actual power is his teleportation. So that would be what Rogue would take from him right. rather than like, yeah, like you said, Sabretooth, his power is really his body. It's it's his, um, like his bestial nature, which is what Rogue ended up, yeah, taking. Plus he's got, sorry, Sabretooth has healing powers and so the fact that her hair grows um, both like all over her body, but also like her head hair mm -hmm. um, and her ears morph and she grows fangs and which also feeds into the, the fun vampire stuff just a little bit where yeah. she becomes a werewolf for a moment. And don't give me them puppy dog eyes half pint. You're grounded and so are the rest of you. Um, for how long? <sighs> I don't know. Till She-Wolf there gets a haircut anyway. Um, but also, like, by absorbing his healing powers, she could have, like, absorbed some of his, like, cellular regeneration stuff that let her change appearance. Whereas, like, Blackcrawler doesn't have that. So maybe that's the, the, the line as well. Is yeah. Um, like because suddenly her cells have this ability to replicate and heal and blah 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 blah, 
she could change appearance whereas like with nightcrawler she couldn't change appearance because bodies don't do that yeah the other thing is is they really just wanted that line about how she just shaved her legs yes <laughs> that's, um, that's what and... it was for that's all it was for I just shaved my legs last night. Someone no. wrote that line in the writer's room. They're like, what? That'd be a fun line, wouldn't it? Let's let's have her, if she takes it all, we can, that's so funny. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, and then and Wolverine follows that with, ah, the finishing touch, which is just, what? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Nice. The finishing touch. It's very um, Spike also says, shake that thing. And my note on that is, ugh. <laughs> um so like one of the the weird things that happens throughout this episode that goes back like to the to the original spike and speed episode that we were talking about where they just like really laid the the hip and cool on thick with evan yeah like that's throughout this as well um it's the poochie problem it's it's the poochie problem yes and like if you like i said then if you are predisposed to not liking a new character, which a lot, a lot of comic fans are because that's taking away from their favorite character, whatever. Um, that's always a silly argument. But if you're predisposed in that way to either not liking a new character or not liking a black character, um, which a lot of comic fans are, mm -hmm. and if, mm -hmm. you, if that's you, um, reconsider your priorities and reconsider your, your own personal uh, opinions because you're wrong um and also like if you're predisposed in that way i could totally see why you wouldn't like spike because he's also super hip and cool and and that's like basically his characterization is that he's hip and cool there's the other side of it is that he is taking the place of a female character that already exists yeah, but they didn't know that. So I'm yeah, I, they, like, they, they didn't I'm know that. very and much giving a pass on like, yes. he's not Marrow, even though he's got Marrow's powers, because they didn't know. No, of course um, they didn't know. But that's but that's that's something that would cause a lot of backlash among the fandom, which it did cause a lot of backlash at the time. Yeah, yeah, and, and also I think that that's a valid reason for not liking him, even though they didn't know. Yeah, um, because at the very least, like that shows that they didn't quite do the research that they maybe should have. Although like the timeline on doing animation is always much longer than you think. Um, yeah. So I, I'm going to give that one a pass, but like new character and black character stuff, like you are wrong for not liking a character based solely on those. Um, but then we do have the Poochie problem here because like, born out of whole cloth right that they they created a whole new character and they wanted that new character to be hip and cool and um overdid it yeah uh, you know i'm gonna i'm gonna disagree just a bit about the new character thing because i don't think I mean, every character it's, was a new character. Well, no, every so here's the thing: every character was a new character at the time. Uh, every character was a new character. The thing is, though, is that it's it's up to the creators to give me a reason to to really care about this character. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, and I think and, that's where the Poochie problem comes in. Yeah, because because here's the problem. Here's the big problem with Spike. Spike is joining a cast of characters. I mean. The youngest character, who's the youngest character as far as creation date is what Rogue? Is it Rogue? Probably, probably Rogue. Yeah, like, so, I mean, and so you're talking about at the time of creation of the show, you're talking about 20 years that this character has been around. And Rogue it, it, at the time of the show is a very beloved character because she was on the, she was on the animated series. So you've got characters that are, are at the time that the show's coming out have between you know, 30 and, you know, 40, 20 and 40 years of publication and history that, that people are in love with. So if you're going to bring something into that, you really have to like sell it. You got to make it something amazing. And I mean, I don't dislike Spike. I've got no problems with, he's no yeah. okay character. He's yeah. fine. It's just that, you know what it is? He's perfect for what he is in the show, which is he's meant to be the cool he's meant to be exactly what he is in the show which is the cool character in this like you know time capsule of an early 2000s 
cartoon. That's what he is. I mean, there's, if they wanted to revamp him and try and make him work in, you know, hey, listen, if they want to bring Spike to Krakoa, bring him to Krakoa. I'll, I'll take it. Let's do it. Yeah. And, and I'm also like, so I was forgiving of Spike to start with, um, just because part of that is that I, I kind of go hard the other way where I'm like, I'm going to give this new character a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like some of them I just don't like I don't end up liking um, but that's fine like I'm, I'm going to give them a, an honest shot but um, I'm also now looking back on this from you know 2021 um, knowing what what development Spike eventually gets um, and I do think that they they do what you're suggesting which is like they they really do figure out how to make him important to the show rather than just another part of the show, which, you know, we're only eight episodes in everybody is at this point, everybody is important because the characters preexisted, which is a problem for Spike because he didn't mm-hmm. um, because there, you know, there's a huge cast and no one has had anything super important yet. Um, and no one has had much development yet. And so part of this is just growing pains that, you know, Spike hasn't had a lot of development because nobody has had a lot of development. You know, I, I don't I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves and start talking about the future, but, like, I don't know if I agree that, like, they really gave him a good story so much as, like, found a reason to write him out. But... Um... Right, I'm talking about when he comes back here. Like, that's a really interesting story, and it really goes well with what they've set up, even in these first episodes, about Spike, where he's still kind of the outcast among outcasts to a certain extent. He just isn't reacting as if he is yet. We'll get to that when we get to that, right? Like, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, because I don't, like, I'm not even sure I remember exactly the story, so I want to... Look yeah, I mean, we've mentioned it before. That, yeah, but he comes back with the Morlocks. Yeah, the more—that's what I was thinking about. And it becomes a yeah. sort of freedom fighter. Um, he ends up like disagreeing with both the Brotherhood and the X Men um, because there's this this third branch of mutantity um, that yeah. like just want to survive and just don't want to be killed, and and that's that's much different than like we want everybody to like us, which is sort of the X-Men thing, especially in the show. And we want everyone to fear us because we're superior, which is the brotherhood thing in the show. Um, there's that entire middle path that I think most people would probably want where it's like, I just want to live a life. And I, I want just want to go to work every day and come home. <laughs> yeah. And I just want to be allowed to do that. Yeah. Um, and eventually that comes to a head in, in season three where, and actually we get a fourth branch of, of apocalypse at that point of the, like, we should take over the world. Yeah. Yeah. Evo, man. Evo gets into it. I love it. it. It really does. Like right now it's kind of a fun little show where like the, the big thing is he got a D because he didn't understand that star Wars was about the space program and not about the movies. And eventually yeah. we get to like he's a freedom fighter that lives in the sewers while everybody's fighting a like a worldwide threat. Yeah, hold on to your butts. Um and the funny thing is that it kind of just gets there, like it makes sense. As it totally makes sense. It totally gets there. Uh it doesn't it doesn't jump. It's it's like it I mean, we're gonna get to the cauldron in a couple of episodes, and that is even like a ride. A ride. Um Let's just finish up with the last couple of minutes of the episode, which we're basically we're gonna just drop Sabretooth in the middle of the tundra and mind wipe him. Yeah, and I I think I think that might be Antarctica uh, because if probably. they're in school, it's probably fall slash winter in the northern hemisphere. Um, it was blizzarding last episode, so the fact that the sun is up probably means that's. Antarctica, not the Arctic. Um, wait a so minute. Was, wait, wait, wait. If it was blizzarding last episode in New York, then no, it has to be the Arctic. If and then Antarctica would be. Antarctica would have the sun up. 
the arctic would know, yeah so if it's if it's winter in the northern hemisphere which summer, there's evidence it, there it would be summer, summer in, in antarctica which would make the sun up oh the sun will be yes i know what you're saying okay because the sun um, would be down in in the arctic yeah uh you know what on I, the other like, hand it could just be canada or something yeah they they just decide you know, just save your mind in the middle them. of the snow yeah they just dump them in the middle of the snow i mean here's the thing canada or the arctic would be like the charitable thing to do that'd be the nice thing to do yep. antarctica that would be the real dick thing to do i mean where's he gonna go what where are you gonna go in antarctica at least if you're in the arctic or in canada you have the hope that maybe you're gonna come across a, a random russian or canadian you know yep. like where are you where are you who are you gonna find in antarctica it's not happening you know you're gonna you know what you're gonna find in antarctica bodies of people who were dropped there Yep. and got lost yeah. but so they so do yeah. that instead of locking him up yeah um, and they could have they could have put him in a hole that's what they did in krakoa just throw him in a hole and they and then we get the little um montage of everything works out um we get uh an, a voiceover from evan um that is supposed to be the voiceover of his report yeah i got some, i got a lot i got something to say i got yeah, something to do say. it all right welcome to bayville real different from new york evan you're in new york evan it would take your parents like 40 minutes with no traffic to get to where you are from where they live or stop i just i'm just i'm just i can't i can't i'm sorry i'm from long island so like people who live in brooklyn and queens try like they like to pretend like they don't live on long island guys it's you're all there you're on the island i don't have to cross a bridge to come to you you're on the island sorry i just i just had to i couldn't uh, and his report, we get some stuff from his report, including a shot from an earlier episode of Kurt dancing on the table that there is no possible way he had video of, but we'll forgive that. It's recycled. It's fine. Animation. Um, and... You know what? You know what? I, I have a, I have an answer for that. Huh. Professor Xavier has a secret other student named Tessa who is secretly filming them. Sure. It's Sage, baby. I'm throwing Sage in there. <laughs> Um, it's a bad report, um, but it's fine. He does show them training in karate, which, like, the fact that everybody's really, like, don't show anybody being a mutant, the fact that they're, like, this boarding school that isn't a school that is also teaching karate. Like, he, he just outed the X-Men as a cult, so that's Yeah, cool. it was super weird. At first, I was like, why is Kurt wearing... Oh, that's... Oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah that makes yeah. sense. Uh, At first, I was very like, what? And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Okay, no, that makes sense. <laughs> and then that's also intercut with the um, the play at the end. Yes. With, uh, and I have to say, here, here's where it comes full circle and, and Christopher gets a little creepy. The dress that Rogue is wearing in the show is the best dress ever. And I love it. And, and someone needs to cosplay Rogue in Dracula the Rock musical because that is the coolest dress I've ever seen. It's a it's a burgundy off the shoulder thing. It is like, pretty hot. It uh, is. Yeah, it, it's good. Uh, someone has to have cosplayed it sometime. I mean, it's I can't imagine in the with how huge the Evo fandom has been in the past twenty years. I cannot imagine that no one has cosplayed it. If you have cosplayed Goth Dracula Rogue, Rogue. from that. 30 seconds of an eighth episode of evolution please show us that let me tell you i cosplayed jadzia dax in that one episode of of uh ds9 where they go back in time to the enterprise so if i like i've done that someone has to have done this you know um and and we always hang tight that is the closing line is that their their family, but not his real family, and we always hang tight. We always hang tight. That's what being a family's all about. Hanging tight through the good times and bad. And these guys always hang tight. And and Jean makes busts of Xavier. That is what she does. Jean also sees apparently, like she she reacts on screen to him including the clip of her in the bathroom slamming the door on him with like using her mind so there is a clip of them being mutants in the middle of that which is also gene in the bathroom 
that he left in. So it's it's like just problems on problems on problems. See, here's the uh, thing, and then though. What's... She smiles and like, oh, I'm in the video. What? What's See? more egregious? What's more egregious that he showed that she was a mutant or that he showed her in her underwear? Yeah, probably it's... both. Yeah, but Xavier would be like, Evan, underwear's okay. Yeah, I'm gonna take this and take it to I mean, my room. That's what Don't we got from this episode. That's that's what I learned. It's okay to invade people's privacy as long as you don't show them doing mutant shit. Yeah, I learned that Xavier is still going to do shitty shit, and he's going to mind wipe you and leave you in Antarctica, probably, if you piss him off. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you are getting saws thrown at you, Xavier's just going to watch it from his big screen and yell at you. So, <laughs> But also, I, I do want to say, I, this, I think that the main... The main uh, lesson that we were supposed to learn was about found family. It was supposed to be about, you know, the family that you make with people and not necessarily the family that you're born into. And I thought that was a very cute message as well. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So that's what we learned that found family is good. Um, that comes back around later in Spike's arc. Um, we also got no brotherhood whatsoever. In well, this no, entire we, episode, we got Toad. For Toad. We got Toad, um, and and but he was toting, not brotherhooding. That is true. He was toting. Listen, I'll take Toad toting any day of the week. Any I, day of the week. I like Toad toting right now too. Yeah. Um, eventually, he becomes creepy, but right now he's just Toad, and it's he's, fun. Listen, Toad has my favorite scene, like my favorite moment in all of evolution, is a Toad moment, and I can't wait till we get to it. So. Um, and I am now on Jason watch as well to see if Jason, the lead of this musical, ever shows back up. I don't oh think he does. For a second, I thought you were talking about like mastermind. I was like, Ugh, that creep. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. He yeah. We do get a conversation about consent in the text when mastermind comes around. So that's nice. Yeah, we got. Oh, yeah. He's he's a whole bundle of consent issues. My goodness. All right, um, so that's that's what I've got. Well, yes, no, I. This has been fantastic. Listen, we we are we are killing it. I mean, we're almost done with this season, guys. We we've only got a couple more episodes this season, and listen, we've got some awesome guests lined up coming up for a couple of episodes. So hold tight, man. So thank you for listening. Um, hi, Mona Lisa, and yes. uh, we'll see you in the next one. Yes. Oh, oh, and don't forget to follow us at Podcast Evo on Twitter. Uh, we are also on Instagram now boop, boop, at Podcast Evolution. And on ins oh, we are at also Nightscrawlers.cc and Nightscrawlers on Facebook. All right, all right. No doubt the good professor wiped your mind so you can't remember anything. Get out! <laughs> <laughs>